Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. It feels like it never ends sometimes down at City Hall. Regarding the Olympics and the money pit, more city money is going to be required to now set up a, a city secretariat, part of this big corporation undertaking. And obviously, uh, Calgary's not made a decision yet on, on whether to bid, and it seems likely we're going to get to a plebiscite at some point on, on whether we should host the Olympics. And that's happened in other cities, too. And in fact, uh, just over the weekend, Switzerland, science Switzerland uh, in particular, is bound out of the process. Uh, voters in the canton of Valais voted against an Olympic bid. Officials in Switzerland said, well, that's it. The people have spoken and our bid is rejected. And we've seen that elsewhere. Uh, Innsbruck, Austria, was in the running for 2026. They dropped out after a no vote. For the 2022 Winter Games, Munich, Davos, Krakow, all rejected uh, Olympic bids uh, in a plebiscite. Hamburg, Germany was in the running for the 2024 Summer Olympics. Same thing there. So we're seeing a trend of voters rejecting the Olympics and, and cities rejecting the Olympics. Uh, Boston, Budapest, uh, and other cities uh, have also withdrawn from Olympic consideration in some cases where plebiscites were looming. So maybe that's something that should get our attention here. I think a lot of people are looking at it as, as saying, aha, Scion's out. That's one less competitor for Calgary, which is true. But it's also yet another city who's decided that it's not worth it. And I think we should take that as a bit of a warning. Uh, joining us for some thoughts on all this, very pleased to welcome back, uh, back to the program, someone we've spoken with, someone Calgary's uh, Olympic bid uh, committee spoke with as well. Chris Dempsey was the co-founder of No Boston Olympics and is co-author of the book, No Boston Olympics, How and Why Smart Cities Are Passing on the Torch. Chris, great to have you back with us here. Welcome to the program. Rob, always a pleasure to be on with you. Uh, by the way, as an aside, it looks as though Boston may be a host city for the 2026 World Cup. Do you have, do you have different views on, on FIFA <laughs> as, as opposed to the IOC? Yeah, that's the news that's breaking here in Boston today. And yeah. I think that FIFA is just as unsavory a partner as the International Olympic Committee. I don't think either of them can be trusted. But the reality is that the scale of hosting the World Cup is just a lot smaller. It's probably one one-hundredth the size of hosting the Olympics, which requires building all these new venues and facilities and an Olympic village. The World Cup really doesn't have any of that. We've already got a stadium yeah. and enough hotel rooms. So it's not the type of thing that is generating the type of opposition here in Boston that the Olympic bid did. Yeah, for obvious reasons, as you say, there's already a stadium, uh, and that's pretty much all you need. Uh, not so with the Olympics. So uh, as we look at the news uh, out of Switzerland, and it's as I said in the introduction, it's, it's yet another city on what's becoming a growing list of cities who have rejected uh, Olympic bids, and in particular rejected uh, Olympic bids through, through plebiscites. What do you make of it? Well, this is, as you mentioned, it's six democracies in a row now that have had the chance to vote on Olympic bids and have decided that it's not in their best financial interests. And it's not for me to decide what Calgary should do, but if I were a Calgary taxpayer or a Calgary resident or a Calgary voter, 
I'd really be taking a good, hard look at this Olympic decision. I know that Calgary is a city that has immense pride in the fact that it has hosted the Olympics in the past, but so have some of these cities that also said no more recently. Innsbruck is a great example of that. Munich, another. St. Moritz. All of those are cities that have hosted the Olympics in the past. But as they look at the deal that the IOC is offering now and the opportunity to host the Games again, they just say, you know what? We've got other priorities for our civic dollars and our civic attention than hosting the Olympics. Well, and, and it's interesting you mentioned cities that have hosted before because we're being told here that that's, that's an advantage for Calgary. I mean, even Tokyo is an example, a city that's hosted an Olympics before. They're facing big cost overruns for the 2020 Summer Olympics. I mean, how much uh, of an advantage is it? Yeah, Tokyo is about 6 or $7 billion over their budget, despite having hosted in the past. And the IOC would have you believe, oh, you can just sort of take the facilities from the last time you hosted and slap a fresh coat of paint on them, and then you're ready to go. Unfortunately, that is not the reality. The Olympics have grown to probably twice or maybe even three times the size of what they were when Calgary hosted, and very few of the facilities, if any, that were used in the 80s can be used now in 2018 or, or 2022 or 2026, whatever, whatever uh, future Olympics Calgary might bid on. And so for that reason, it's essentially like building the Olympics from scratch and hosting the games from scratch. You don't get to benefit from the investment that you made in the past. That's one of the reasons why you're seeing host cities that have bid and successfully hosted in the past decide, you know what, this is just not in our interest. So from Calgary's perspective, now we're, we're building up to, to a plebiscite here as well, and we're debating about, you know, the question, how you, you ask Calgarians the question. What, what are we seeing in other jurisdictions? Is it just a straight-up yes or no, or is there a way of, of framing it where you can try to present the arguments on, on both sides in, in asking a question? Yeah, I think, it, I think it really depends. And one thing I will say is that it's a credit to the democracy small d democracy in Calgary that you're even having this debate in some places they never really have it it never becomes public so I think members of the media like you Rob and those that are elected officials that are questioning the wisdom of this should be applauded for raising this conversation the IOC wants you to think of this like it's a competition like it's a race and the best city is going to win but in fact what the IOC is doing here is they're hosting an auction and they are going to extract the highest price possible from the winning city. The question for Calgary is, do they really want to be the winning city if it means that they're now on the hook for billions and billions of dollars of cost overruns? And that's fundamentally the most important issue with the Olympics and the International Olympic Committee. They require the host city to sign a guarantee that says the host city taxpayers are the ones that are responsible for covering the cost overruns. So you as the Calgary taxpayer or the Alberta taxpayer are on the hook for cost overruns. And by the way, every single Olympics since 1960 has had a cost overrun. You are essentially writing a blank check to the International Olympic Committee just for the sake of hosting their three-week event. A lot of people say to me, Rob, just I want to know what the cost is. Uh, so if we're going to ask Calgarians directly whether we want to do this, people want some certainty to help them answer the question, which is understandable. But is it even possible to provide that certainty eight years uh, away from the event? I don't think it is. And that's why you've seen that 100% of the games have gone over budget. You know, the University of Oxford actually studied this issue. And they found that hosting the Olympics was the riskiest 
type of mega project that a city could conduct. It's riskier than building a nuclear power plant, riskier than building a hydroelectric dam, riskier than building a subway tunnel under your city. It has all of these issues with it, and that has to do with the incentives. Right now, it's the incentive of the IOC to promise you that it's not going to cost very much. It's the incentive of the bid committee to promise you that it's not going to cost very much. But if they can convince the public to say yes to this thing, all of a sudden it's the public that's the one holding the bag at the end of the day. And so Calgary voters and Calgary taxpayers need to ask some really tough questions of the IOC and the bid committee. And what I would say is under no circumstances should you allow the bid to go forward with the taxpayer guarantee. You should say to the IOC, look, if you guys have really changed and really reformed, we want you to take the risk, not to have the risk on the host city. I suggest to you that that is a deal that the IOC would not make, and that exposes them as a group that really hasn't fundamentally reformed. They've just sort of put up some window dressing to distract you from the fact that there is a long legacy of this not working out well for host cities. Well, we've talked about this before. We hear so much about the so-called Agenda 2020, but we're just coming off the the heels uh, of a a very expensive Winter Olympics in South Korea, just uh, ahead of a very expensive Summer Olympics in in Japan. Where, Where are these reforms? Yeah, they really don't amount to much because they're not fundamentally about changing the incentives. I'll give you one example of an Agenda 2020 reform that will put this into perspective. So for years, the International Olympic Committee required that the bid books be physically delivered to their headquarters in Lausanne, Switzerland. One of their reforms that they're now saying is that instead of physically delivering the books, you can email the bid book to them. So that might save what, uh, you know, maybe 500 bucks on your UPS or FedEx bill. It is hardly a substantial savings when the, just the bidding alone typically runs at 25, 30, 40 million dollars or more. So they're really talking around the edges. They're talking about thousands of dollars of savings for a bidding process that costs millions, tens of millions of dollars. And on the actual hosting, they're talking about maybe millions of dollars of savings on an event that costs billions of dollars. These are not substantive and substantial reforms. So and this all needs to be on the table. I guess ultimately, if we're going to put this to, to a vote, the question just simply has to be yes or no, should Calgary bid on the 2026 Winter Olympics? And, and hopefully people will, will take the time to, to study all of this. Yeah, and I think the boosters in Calgary will probably try to fight for that argument. And I don't know how that's all going to play out. If I were an opponent in Calgary, what I would be asking to have on the ballot is should Calgary taxpayers or should Albertan taxpayers sign the taxpayer guarantee that requires us to cover cost overruns if the Olympics have an overrun? Because that's fundamentally what you're signing up for. And I'm sure that the boosters are going to fight as hard as they can to prevent that language from being on the ballot. But that's actually what the vote is. And so even if that language isn't on the ballot, That's what your listeners and their friends and families and colleagues should be thinking about if and when they go into the voting booth in November. Am I willing to sign a blank check over to the IOC just for the fun of a three-week event? Yeah, well, that's that's a fair question. I think absolutely. Uh, Chris, appreciate the insight. Uh, As always, uh, again, the book's called No Boston Olympics, How and Why Smart Cities Are Passing on the Torch. Thanks so much for joining us here today. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure, Rob. Thanks for having me on. Likewise. Take care. Uh, that is Chris Dempsey, who's the founder as well of the No Boston Olympics movement, which ultimately succeeded uh, as Boston uh, decided they were not going to pursue the 2024 Summer Olympics. Our number here, 974-8255. Well, what do you make of that argument?
But maybe what it comes down to is whether or not we sign that guarantee. That seems like a reasonable trade-off to me. I'm, I'm skeptical about hosting the Olympics. But if we say, okay, we'll do it, but we're not going to sign off on that, that blank check to the IOC, seems like a reasonable trade-off. Now, the IOC would probably never go for it. I think, as Chris says, maybe that exposes just how, how hollow their, their so-called reforms really are. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.